I'm Chris Nessie, host of Behind the Mic, Voices of the EPN, a part of the Education Podcast Network, just like the show you're listening to now. Shows on the network are individually owned, and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other interesting education podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com. Coming up on episode 131 of Podcast PD, we are going to talk about our goals for the new school year. And we're going to date the episode. This is for 2023-2024. Let's start the show. This is Podcast PD, the show that provides you with anytime, anywhere professional development. Our conversations and guests will provide you with the learning you might get in a faculty meeting or on a PD day. Except you're going to have more fun with AJ Bianco and me, Chris Nessie. Let's start the show. What is going on, podcast people? My name is Chris Nessie, at Mr. Nessie on Twitter, and I'm joined here on Podcast PD, as always, by the podcast paisano, AJ Bianco. What is up, my friend? Christopher, podcast people, it's so good to be back on a Sunday night. Looking forward to the conversation. Everything is good here. We are heading into our last week of summer. Wah, wah. Like, yeah, I'm going to be the downer. It's our last week of summer, but you know what? It's all right, though, because that means in a couple of days. It'll be the first week of the school year. I mean. <laughs> yeah. No, I was going to say buildings open up. Kids come back to the buildings and, uh, you know, we, we, we do what we do. And that's, you know, it's nothing to be upset about, right? Uh, speak for yourself. <laughs> yep, got it. <laughs> well, hey, you know, uh, for for our listener, um, AJ and I, we, we've enjoyed our summer for sure. Uh, again, with mm. this whole thing where we do one episode a month, we've had plenty of time to spend with family and friends throughout the summer. And AJ and I got the chance to hang out earlier this week. We got to go to a Yankee game for the other podcast that we do. So it was fun to uh, yeah, we did. hug it out, see the Yankees win and uh, not lose 10 games in a row. We right. got to see the Aaron Judge three home run game, an instant Yankee classic. And if anybody's listening, if anybody's listening to this and don't care about the Yankees, apologize. Just sharing what we do. That's what we do here. We talk to you. And guys. if you do care about the Yankees, go to chasefor28.com <laughs> and check out that podcast. Chris, Chris has stickers if you want one. Yeah, if you want a sticker. You know what? I realized they're uh, old buddy, you old what? pal. You didn't. You didn't give any stickers or me. <laughs> I got in my car and I'm driving, and I said, "I didn't." I've been saying for months, like. The shadow wanted to give stickers to students at her school. I'm like, I didn't give him. I should have gave him the whole stack. So good. So those I'll eventually get those in the mail. Yeah, cool. So I've good. been saying so that for good. months, though. So there you go. That's okay. Anyway, it'll, it'll happen. happen. Uh, speaking of what's going to happen, the school year is about to start. Uh, I spent a little time at my school setting up the podcast studio for my kids, and I brought my kid with me. So that was fun and exciting. <laughs> you ever bring your kids yeah. to your school, AJ? Um. I have <laughs> when there's other people around is is it no so they they came in a couple weeks ago just to say hello and they you know walked around caused havoc uh i brought the boys to what we have fantastic friday which is uh a little like uh, a little carnival kind of day where we celebrate the kids on a friday night dj blow-ups and stuff like that <laughs> so they, they came to that one yep exactly they don't do that though um <laughs> we also had them come in Oh, what was it? A bring your child to work day. I had the boys over come the in summer. With me. No, not over the summer. Oh, okay. 
in the school oh, okay. year. All right. Bring your child to work. It was like April or something like that. So they came in. They were super excited about that. So they've been in the building before, and they, they, they kind of like it. They like being in daddy's office and sitting at my desk, and it's fun. It's cute. It's cute. Nice. They think they're the bosses for the time they're there. <laughs> That's funny. I said, buddy, I'm not even the boss, so you can't, you can't be the boss. My school doesn't recognize bring your child to work day, but this past year, uh, my dad's school, they, they do it mm-hmm. in his district. So Miles went with my dad. I thought you were going to go with him. <laughs> I would have to use a personal or a sick day. <laughs> I was not going to have an unexcused absence like, uh, like Miles had. <laughs> right. Although that's funny. It, it is funny. It's, it's cute. They, it, school should do that. Right. Right. You know, anyway. So yeah, I know some people don't believe in it, but I think it's nonsense. You know, if you want to boost people getting into the education field, since people are not doing that right now, let them see the other half of what we actually do. As educators, you know, don't, don't say the kids go to school every day. Yeah, but they go to school as a student. Yeah. You know, when they're in the front, I have a lot of my teachers that bring their kids. They know the kids teach, they have them do like cahoots and they lead, they lead the conversation and it's adorable watching like the, the little guys and girls. I got to tell you. So teach the class. I, I'll tell a, a quick story here. So I, I told you, I went to my school on Friday and uh, Miles helped me set up the podcast studio. And then I was a public address announcing our first football game of the year. You know Bowtie mm-hmm. Joe, Joe Juba, former guest of the podcast. I, I, I do very well. So Joe, one of the many hats he wears, he's the student council advisor for mm-hmm. this game. He and the student council were running the snack stand at the stadium. Okay. Miles, I said, going into this, I was like, you got two choices. You could come and sit in the press box with me, or mm-hmm. uh, you can go and be under un, unpaid child labor and go work for Joe. Miles chose to go work for Joe. So my 11 year old son is in the snack stand and I, and at the end he was all excited that he was like, Oh, I was serving hot dogs, doing money, making change. I was like, okay. So he, my son made it sound like he was like best employee, world's best employee, right? Working it. Yeah. Yeah. So we get home. I text Joe. I say, did my son do as well as he says he did? And Joe writes back to me. He goes, absolutely. He goes, he was running the show. He goes, it was a sight to see. And the fact that wow. your 11-year-old son was bossing around the student council and they were listening and following directions from him was hysterical. Cheers, man. <laughs> he goes, he said, he goes, he has so many natural leadership qualities. It's amazing. So I oh felt gosh. good and was didn't have to go want to wring his neck. <laughs> yeah. Good boy. Good for Miles. My son would be nervous as anything. Yeah. I, was, I mean, between, you know, selling vacuums to people and thinking he's a car salesman and selling yeah, computers. That's right. He was like, hot dog. I was like, oh, next time you got to tell Joe to uh, do the, the family guy thing. Hot dogs and uh, butt scratches. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, we, we had fun. Maybe, maybe. And, and then we're, so we're on the way home and like, and Miles is like, I want to make a banner. His little brother recently had his birthday. So he made this hand-drawn banner. Happy birthday, eighth birthday, the mm-hmm, whole thing. Mm-hmm. He goes, you know, you, everybody calls it the, the zebra snack shack. He goes, but there's nothing that says that. I want to make a banner and bring it next Friday so we can hang it up in the, in the snack shack. Wow. So I was like, I guess you're an honorary zebra. Good for you. I guess he's going to make you put, make you work. Not me. I, I got my job. I'm all set up there. Okay. He, right. he even delivered oh, me a couple oh. of hot dogs and uh, some Cokes. Hey. Yeah, it was good. There you go. Pretty good. Pretty good. So moral of the like story, it. let your kids be a part of your life. Absolutely. Especially in school. Let them see what you can do. Yes. And, and they'll figure out what they can do, which is a plus. Hmm. Absolutely. So we wanted to talk tonight, AJ, about our goals for the year. Last episode in 130, we talked about preparing for the new year and I guess some of the excitement that goes along 
with that. So as much as I jokingly was depressed when you started this episode by talking about the last week of summer, here we are. Here we are. Now, some people listening, you you are a few weeks into your school year, but you're still relatively at the beginning of whatever this year is going to shake out to be. AJ and I, not so much. All right, I recently just found out sort of my schedule. So as I go into this school year, I am excited. I've got some things going on. I got some some pokers in the fire. Is that how they how you say that? I believe that's what I believe that's a saying. Yes. So I got some things going on. I'm going to have a student teacher, third consecutive Again. year having a full time student mm-hmm. teacher. This will be Jonathan, the student teacher. So we've had Quinn, the student teacher, Jackie, the student teacher, and now we're we're up to Jonathan. I feel like I'm naming hurricanes. <laughs> no, it wouldn't be Jonathan, though. No. You already did J. Ow. J-O as opposed to J-A? I don't know. I, I guess maybe. I don't maybe. Do weather. Okay. But, uh, but that's exciting. And, uh, you know, I've had some conversations with Jonathan throughout the summer. He was with me basically all of last year. He and, uh, He's from mm-hmm. Rutgers University. And there are mm-hmm. three phases to their program. So phase one, you come in like one day a week and you kind of hang out, you observe some things, but I put him to work. And phase two comes in two days a week. He came more than two days a week and put him to work. So he was basically, basically with me mm-hmm. all of last year. And now mm-hmm. we're going to have him, uh, you know, dancing the dance starting on day one. And he's very excited. And, you know, I, I've been doing some preparation for what I want the start of the school year to be. And I think I mentioned this last episode about really taking time in the first couple of weeks to really build that classroom culture, establish the environment, and really start to build a rapport and some strong relationship foundations with my students to kind of set everybody up for the year. Because when I think about what it means for me to have a student teacher, I'm not the kind of teacher, and we know that they're out there, who, oh, I got a student teacher. I can hang out in the back of the room. I can wander around. I don't really have to pay that much attention. I'm not like that because there's gonna, there's that point where the student teacher is gone and you have to have mm-hmm. a relationship with your kids minus the student mm-hmm. teacher. So got to lay the, uh, the foundation. So that's a little bit about what I have going on here at the start of the school year. AJ, what are, what's going on for you at the start of year four as a VP? Year four. Yep. Don't die. <laughs> So, so last episode, it was, we want to hang signs up that say, don't be stupid. And now we right. don't want to die. All right, go ahead. Take it away. Yes, don't die. No, um, just goals for myself. I, I, I think I spoke about this last time. Uh, the biggest thing for me is being more involved in the classroom as the instructional leader. You know, I'm going to try my best based on the day. You know, a lot of my job is discipline. I think one of the things that I want to do is spend at least, I know it sounds like nothing, but at least 30 minutes a day, you know, in classrooms. Um, making sure that things are going well. And if people need anything that I can be there for them and, you know, focus on, on a 30 minute block or even an hour block, if my schedule allows me, uh, where I can get into classrooms and move around through the different hallways. Um, you know, I still got my two hours of lunch duty. So that's always, <laughs> it's always fun. Um, at least you're not serving it or yeah. do you, have you ever had to serve? Uh, I never had to serve. I never had to serve, but I, I monitor and clean up trays and stuff like that, but that's fine. Uh, but that, I, th- I think the instructional leadership part is my biggest thing. I want to make sure I know what's going on in the classrooms and I want to make sure that I can support the teacher as much as possible. And I feel like that kind of goes together that if I'm invisible in the classroom and I'm visible more in the hallways, even though, you know, a lot of my time was spent in the hallways, um, I think that's going to solve a lot of the behavior issues that we have, you know, experienced o- over the time, my last four years. All right. So I got, I have a couple of questions based on. Yeah, what you right. want to do. So my first question is, based on that goal of being visible mm-hmm. in classrooms for X mm-hmm. amount of time, 
was, mm-hmm. and I don't remember, is that a new goal or was that inspired by our conversation we had with Jared? A little bit of both. It was something I wanted to work on this year and, and you know, I'm trying to work on like my time blocking to make sure that that fits into my day. Um, you know, I, I just like last year sitting around like summatives, I straight up told the teachers, like nobody's in your classroom more than you're in your classroom. So I only see snippets. Yeah. So tell me, tell me what was something that worked for you or what didn't work for you and what we want to do better. Like I can't sit here and just make things up based on one full observation and a couple of pop-ins, yeah. you know? So I really want to make sure that I, I'm, I'm around so I can speak to the different things. And like, I, it's not even like a, a, a formal observation that I'm trying to complete. I'm just making sure that I'm in classrooms and I'll drop some notes, you know, here's what I like, good job, high five, you know, that kind of nonsense. So, but yeah, like that's something, that's something that I heard from Jared that I thought I could definitely do, no problem. So is your goal in, in wanting to do that, is, is the plan of execution to focus on the teachers that you're the primary evaluator for, or do you still want to spend time with teachers that you don't even necessarily evaluate? It's both. Like priority is going to be the, the ones that I am the evaluator for, but then I also want to get into the classrooms or the others in case like anybody has questions or, you know, if I see something that they're doing that I can share, that then the other person who's the primary can go in there. You know, like I saw this, maybe later today you can jump in there too. You know, just give the heads up. Like I really think like we want to acknowledge the good. Yeah. And, and change the not so good. Okay. So my, my second question, so you have this goal, but yes. you are the, the vice principal. How right. does that goal, and it's just you and the principal. So how does what mm-hmm. you want to do align with what maybe his goal is or things that he wants to focus on or things that he wants to see from you as a VP? Well, I, I think... I think this is, kind of fits in with the cl- climate and culture. So I know like his, you know, he's got a big push to, to keep the climate and culture where it is and make, make people happy and feel supported. And I think being active in classrooms is something that a lot of teachers have said that they, they would like more of. Yeah. Right. So I think by me doing this, it takes a little bit off his plate for the bigger things that have to be handled. You know, um, you know, it still allows me the opportunity to be with students, which is something that we both see as important, you know, um, I think those two things right there are are paramount to what we want to do to accomplish the goals we want in our school. I'm not sure what his overall goal is. I know, like, obviously, you know, data and test scores are one of the biggest things that are around us for, for every school district in New yeah. Jersey. So being active in, in classes and, you know, help us kind of figure out where we need to put more rigor into different assignments so we can have that conversation together to share with our staff. You know, because that, that's that's definitely something we need to focus on as well is is increasing the rigor for what we're trying to trying to do. Do you think you'll ever get the opportunity, or can you create the opportunity to get into, say, that eighth grade social studies class and teach a lesson? Or I mean, because I mean, you, you've done that, you've got the experience. Yeah, look, I'm not I'm not going to step on toes. I, I've put it out there that I would love to to help out guest lecture, as they say. I could I could do that. I can read a book. I don't care. <laughs> um, I'm not going to step on toes because, you know, you know, just as well as anybody, you know, when it gets to that secondary education, that's your baby. That's your, that's your calling. A lot of people don't like to give up that stage, you know? So if I'm there and somebody says, Hey, AJ, what do you, what do you, what do you think about this? I'll be happy to jump in. If it's something I'm knowledgeable about. See, now I'm a different breed of teacher. Somebody comes in my room. I try to involve them in what's going on. Right. right. (laughs) Some teachers do that. Some teachers do that. Some teachers just let me do my thing because they think I'm there just because I need to be there, but I think I have to set the stage and, and let them know that I want to be there, that I am there. Okay. So that makes me th- want to ask, is this something you'll convey to your teachers that 
hey, this is like my goal to be there in a at times or it'll seem like I'm there a lot, but it's like in a non-formal evaluation capacity. I'll probably mention it to a couple of people. I, I won't go out of my way. Um, maybe when I send out my email to those that I'm the primary for, I'll mention, you know, you'll see me doing more rounds than usual. Like a walkthrough you know, kind of thing? Be, or even just, uh, I don't want to even call it a walkthrough. I think it's just, it's just like me popping in, you know? And, and I think that's something me and Ryan, the principal are going to, you know, share day one. You know, you're going to see us more, you know, we have to be more involved. You know, we have to be out of the office because being out of the office is, is where we do our, our good things. Yeah. Okay. Makes sense. Yeah. I mean, that's my biggest thing, right? Like I pride myself on instruction and, and, and curriculum and, and doing all that stuff, but like I'm not in classrooms enough to, to, to really understand what's happening. And I don't like that, you know? And I, I always said I wouldn't be that. And I, I, and there were moments last year where I had to do other things. So I don't want to do that anymore. I don't want that. I like it. The happy administrator. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, happy. Uh, let me, let me focus on you. Cause you, you just grilled me for a bunch of questions. Okay. Let's talk about, let's, let's talk about your, your student teacher. Yeah? Sure. Fire away. All right. So you've had now third year mm -hmm. of student teaching. Yeah. What's, what's the one thing that you learned from year one to now that like is the biggest need for a student teacher? Ooh, there is a big deficiency mm. with, and, and this is in my wheelhouse, their understanding of a how to teach with technology and B, and this is not tech related. And I think a lot of cooperating teachers will agree with me is all three of them while they're fantastic young people. What I struggle with is having them understand how to teach. What am I trying to say? How, how to teach high school students mm -hmm. is different than how they learned history in college. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. That lecture. And, right? and I have to stress to them that you're going to be dealing with ninth grade students who 98% of them have zero interest in history, where you went to college and spent four years. You decided to take as many history classes as possible because you love it. Like I enjoy history, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. But the kids I work with and teach, I might get one or two a year that are really excited about a piece of history, right? I had a young lady right. last year. All year, she was like, when are we going to get to World War One and World War II? Blah, blah, blah. When, when, when? when? Miss yeah. Nessie, World War One, World War II. Not to the end of the year. And until we got to April, May, and June, when we got to the World Wars, that particular student struggled to be interested in what we were doing. Because it's the end of the year. <laughs> no, well, she struggled up until we got to that point. Then she, it was right. like, she was yeah, like yeah. a different kid. You know, so it's getting these student teachers to understand that you can't, A, expect the kids to love the content as much as you. You know, mm -hmm. you, you spent four years going, you know, a mile wide and 10 miles deep in history. You might only be able to go half a mile wide and two feet deep with these high school kids, right? Mm. So it's that. And it has changed since they were in high school, even though that was a very short time ago and they're young. Right. Right. High school now is different, right? And how mm -hmm. they learn. And it's just, it's different. And you, you've got to not go in with one plan. So I work with them on developing their bag of tricks, you know, and, and it's okay. also talking with them about how to discipline, right? Because as much as, I mean, if you go in there and your goal is to get them to like you, you got to change your priorities because you're not right. there to make friends. You want to build positive mm -hmm. relationships, have a good rapport, you know, get the kids to open up to you and, and you know, build, the, build, build it that way. But it's not about getting them to like you because most of them, right. they're not, 
And, and that's just the way it is right. as people. So th- those are a couple right. of things that, that I see. Okay. So, so, so with that, <clears throat> when you notice these things and you understand like there's that need, do you have that conversation with them about like, here's what, here's what you need to do in front of a classroom or do you model and then watch them and then have the conversation? How, do, how does it work? What, what, what's your, what's your go-to? How does it work for you? So at, at the start of the school year, it's, I, I present, and, and I've talked about this before that I don't introduce these people as student teachers. They are Mr. and Ms. So-and-so. Mm-hmm. They're, it's their mm-hmm. first year at the high school. That, that's the scenario we play under. Okay. In the first month, we it, it's always some version of co-teaching. Even once they get into the whole student teaching experience where it's them doing all the lesson planning and I have them take on all the load of the work, within the confines of a lesson, it's co-teaching where I'm not the lead, but I'm supporting. So I have them support me. So I will, they will see how I handle situations. So for example, mm-hmm. early in the year, if there's a discipline issue, right? I let the kid, I try to keep all the discipline in house, like within my room. I don't want to write yep. kids up. I want to deal with that stuff. I don't want to yep. send them out for yep. anything. Yep. So, but I will, from time to time, I will ask a student to come out into the hallway to have a conversation with them. Right. Mm-hmm. And I always make sure that they, the student teacher, while they may not say anything, I have them be a witness to the conversation and hear what my approach is and how to have those sometimes difficult conversations. Or I've also, you know, I'll pull students out to have just even a one-on-one or a private celebratory conversation where maybe you don't want to bring it up in Mm. front of the whole class, but you want Mm -hmm. to acknowledge something Mm -hmm. good that a kid did, or you heard about something they did on the athletic field, just something. So I always make sure that the student teachers are a part of what I do when I do some of those things, whether it's positive, negative, and different uh, parent-teacher conferences, when we have those, they'll ask me, do I have to be there? Yes, you do, right? Okay. And I will even say, you know, I want you to, where appropriate, you can jump in and talk about these students because you're learning who they are and you've got to learn mm-hmm. how to talk to parents and, and nice. have those relationships and conversations. Right. Do, do you find that this is going to be a weird question, right? Weird question. Do you find that student teachers like have this whole thing planned out in their minds? Like, do they have like their philosophy? Like, obviously we have a philosophy of teaching. That's one of the things we work on it in the, in the ed classes, right? Do, do you find they have a philosophy of not just teaching, but like, do, do they have a philosophy of dis- discipline? Do they have a philosophy of how they want to grade? Do they have a philosophy on, on how they would like to see their classroom? Like, like, I, I don't know where it's very easy for a lot of our student teachers and a lot of our pre-service teachers to go on Twitter and get these ideas, look on Instagram for like, and they see like this, this teacher paid teacher stuff and they see these classroom setups and they understand, I hope they understand like restorative practices, PBIS and, and like, you know, those ideas of discipline and like standards-based grading and stuff like that. But like, do they embrace these things? Are they taught at the college level or are they just things that like they have to learn through the PD that they're going to get as first year teachers? Oh, so there's a big deficiency, right? So this would be yeah, another one yeah. where a lot of what they get, they get a lot of the theory of education and really mm-hmm. they, they come in to the classrooms, even as early as this phase one that I talked about where they're starting to develop that. I I've, I've never had any of the three of them or two that I've done to completion so far. Um, mm-hmm. Talk about that, right? When, when we, when I meet them, they ask me about those things and I talk about, you know, no homework, no tests, no quizzes, you know, project based and, um, Mm -hmm. a lot Mm -hmm. of independent work and guiding, not lecturing. So they, 
they are influenced by what I do and what I've done. Okay. Um, okay. But I always tell them that if there's something you want to try or something you've done research or you've read about and you want to try something, now's the time, right? Because I'm here yeah. to support you yeah. and right. anything you want to try, go for it. Um, yeah. But really what they try is doing what I do, which is teaching a class that has no homework, no textbook, no quizzes, no homework. And, you know, it's designing rubrics and facilitating the projects and going from group to group and uh, being the head like project manager to make sure everybody's on task mm-hmm. and, you know, doing mm-hmm. things like that. Um, Which are all huge, huge skills for them to be aware of when they step foot in a classroom. That's really, you know, we're in an age now where I still think student led classrooms are important, you know, and then when they see that and, and have firsthand knowledge and get their, their feet wet, I think it's really important for them to speak to, Yeah, you know, and I only ask these questions. I've hired new teachers, but the teachers I've hired are experienced teachers. I haven't hired a brand new teacher out of college since I started, you know, my administration role. Have you interviewed any? Uh, yeah. And you can definitely tell who you can definitely tell. <laughs> but, but besides because, the half page resume. But, <laughs> well, I ask a question like, like that. Right. And I'm like, you know, what's your philosophy on, on discipline? What's your philosophy on, on grading? How, what do you think of standards-based grading? Like, how do you treat a student, you know, who, you know, is, is disruptive and, you know, it's like they give the answers and they're basic answers. Right. And you can tell, like, you can tell where the training was from a student teacher who was groomed versus one who was left to do the work on their own. Makes sense. So it sounds like it sounds like what you're doing is putting them in a position to find success. And I believe both of your previous student teachers are currently teaching. Yeah. In some way. In some way, yeah. Yeah. Actually, Jonathan John will be the fourth, the very first one pre-COVID. Oh. Luke, the student teacher. Oh, Luke! Oh my God, I forgot. Luke. Yeah. So we got Luke, Quinn, Jackie, and John. <laughs> and all of them, well, except for John, all of them have. Luke wound up leaving education. education, but I think that he was a casualty of COVID. Not because oh, okay. he died, right. but because he, his career didn't make it through COVID, I don't think. Good good, good for you, Luke. Yeah. It's probably the best move. But like, so so Jackie, she she got hired at a school. I, I will mm. not name the school, but she got hired at a school good. in North Jersey. In New Jersey. In New Jersey. Mm-hmm. And a couple of weeks ago, she sent me a message that she was doing, I guess, some summer PD, you know, not, not necessarily the new teacher stuff, but she got to meet mm-hmm. some of the colleagues in her new history department. And she said that she was talking about how she student taught and worked in a classroom where there were no test quizzes and homework. <laughs> and she kind of got laughed at. And I was like, oh, is it like, ha ha, cool. Good luck with that. Or ha ha, no, don't, that's not possible. We, you, we, that's not what we do. And she said, it was the second thing. Like, we don't yeah. do that here. Like, I'm like, oh, well, yeah. I said, well, develop your classroom. I said, but right. you know, play the game. Let them do what they do. Speak to your supervisor about how, how it works best for, for your classroom. Middle school or high school? High school. Okay, so it's a little bit more Well, actually, funny you, fun, funny you say that. So she texted me the other day. She was just done with the formal you know, new teacher orientation, and she said that her supervisor, who had called me for the reference back prior to the hiring in the early summer, yeah. spring, whatever, yeah. she mm-hmm. goes, I was talking to him, and he said that you sound like this really fun, progressive teacher – and it must have been a blast to work with someone like me. And I was like, so what'd you say? She goes, I, I was like, absolutely. Yeah, it was great to work with Chris. <laughs> so she's kind of got that supervisor support. Okay, good. So then forget all those other people. Yeah, do you. Yeah, that's it. Close your door and teach on an island. Yeah. 
<laughs> there you go. Sometimes it's the best way to sometimes, do it. Sometimes. Sometimes. Can't lead on an island, though. Got to let people on. No, that, that you can't do. Yeah, you got to. Got to get that bus moving. Yes, get the bus moving. Maybe that could be an episode of a future show. Get the bus moving. Sure. All right. We'll find a leader to talk about that. Is there anything else you want to talk about in terms of goals or you want to wrap it up for, for this month? No, I think, uh, look, I don't think we have to sit back and have like 36 different goals, right? I think I, I think the big goal for you is definitely working with your student teacher and putting them in a place for success. My goal is working with my own teachers, put them in success. That's, that's what it is. You know, it, both of our roles right now are finding ways that we can have others be successful. I agree. And enjoy what they're doing and feel supported. What? Enjoy it? What are you talking about? Having fun? Yeah. Actually, I wrote that on my board. Have fun? I was listening to a podcast. Yeah. I wrote that. I, I was listening to a podcast and somebody was just like, if you're not having fun in your role, and it was an education podcast, don't know which one. If you're not having fun, you shouldn't be working anymore. I've been saying so that for board, years. On my whiteboard, so I can see it every day. It says, are you having fun? Now, in the list of things, is it, don't be stupid. <laughs> don't, don't be stupid. Don't die. Have fun. Have fun. <laughs> Sounds like you need to put the school logo on the front of the shirt and put these three statements on the back. <laughs> Eastbrook Middle School. Don't be stupid. Don't die. Have fun. <laughs> All right. Before we get out of here, uh, do you find value in the conversations here on Podcast PD? Do you want to support our efforts in creating quality content for you? Well, guess what? You can. You can give back to Podcast PD on a monthly or a yearly basis. You can give just $10 per month, or if you do it on a yearly basis, it's 100 bucks for the year. And you can help us continue to bring you insightful and engaging conversations. Sometimes we have guests. Sometimes it's just me and the Paisano. Either way, we want to thank you. If you become an executive producer, you will receive an exclusive podcast pd executive producer sticker but that's not all if you're a yearly supporter you get a podcast pd mug and a podcast pd t-shirt maybe i'll add these special statements that aj just created to the back of the podcast pd shirt <laughs> that could be a sticker <laughs> keep listening don't die have fun don't be stupid all that stuff <laughs> thank you if you want to learn more about that you can go to podcastpd.com slash executive producer for more information and want to thank our current executive producers, Holly Landez, Sandy Hartman, and Stephanie Scrocky. I don't know if AJ has a recommendation, but I have one because it I pissed me off. Oh, yes. Yes. Angry. You listen to this, you might get angry. Uh, oh. So this stems from my younger son having a challenging school year last year. Mm. Okay. Mm. Butted heads with his second grade teacher. And went through COVID. And if you're not familiar, AJ, I don't know if you've seen this, but I read an article in New Jersey, NJ.com, one of these things, that said there is a lot of funding available for schools in New Jersey to support third and fourth graders this year because of some of the, I guess, deficiencies they're seeing in the third and fourth graders who spent sure. kindergarten and first grade, mm -hmm. remote, virtual, whatever the case may be. Yep. But the pandemic mm -hmm. really impacted these early learning years. Okay. Yeah, I see it. I love it. So this podcast recommendation stems from the fact that I have one son who's older and loves to read, picked it up. No problem. And my little guy is struggling to the point where he 
was really disenfranchised by school and education last year. And it was just really disheartening, not because I'm a teacher, mm -hmm. but because nobody wants to see their kid unhappy mm -hmm. going to school. Yep. All right. So let me get to this podcast recommendation. This is called Sold a Story, How Teaching Kids to Read Went So Wrong. Here's the mm -hmm. description. There's an idea about how children learn to read that's held sway in schools for more than a generation, even though it was proven wrong by cognitive scientists decades ago. Teaching methods based on this idea can make it harder for children to learn how to read. In this podcast, host Emily Hanford investigates the influential authors who promote this idea and the company that sells their work. It's an expose of how educators came to believe in something that isn't true and now reckoning with the consequences. Children harmed, money wasted, and education system upended. Hmm. So really, AJ, do you remember learning to read? No. Okay. No, I really, I really don't. I hate to say it like that. No, I, no, no, that's fine. Not a lot of people remember like how they learn to ride a bike or how right. they learn to swim. So yeah, 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 reading yeah. is something that's yeah. like, all right, I do it, right? Right, right. Phonics was a big part of how you and I probably learned how to read. Sounding it out, breaking down words, that whole thing. That is not how kids learn to read probably since the year 1999. Correct. I, I actually know that one. Okay. Hook, hook it on phonics. Right. They stripped out the phonics and it's all about, and I saw my older son do this and it's just like, like with new math and you know how like new reading mm -hmm. just mm -hmm. blew my mind where it's like, we don't have to spell words correctly. We don't have to sound it out. We just need to guess. And I, I mean, you've got that. three kids that are that. young and in that, yeah. in that stage. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm kind of, when I say pissed, I'm like, I got a kid who is struggling to learn how to read. He's going to be in third grade. And now we're going to have to try to really reinforce, like we did, we read with him and stuff like that, but it was always like, he struggled with how he was being taught how to read mm -hmm. and struggles with it. And this yeah. podcast sheds light on the last 24 years, 25 years of how they changed how they taught kids to read. So totally I think good. it's a fascinating listen. I'm a couple episodes in my wife listened to the whole thing. Um, but sold the story, how teaching kids to read went so wrong. Definitely mm -hmm. check it out. And, you know, if you like Readers and Writers Workshop, I'm not a big fan of you now. <laughs> because, wow. yeah, I'm, I'm going to be That's that bold. Thing. So That's a big thing. And I'm, I'm annoyed as a parent. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. I'll take a look. Yeah. And, and if you who is listening, if you take a listen to this, uh, let us know what you think. Tag us on Twitter, at Mr. Nessie, at AJ Bianco, at Podcast PD. Uh, let us know the things. Uh, so give us your thoughts. AJ, do you have a, a podcast recommendation as well or? Not after that. I mean, like, you just like, <laughs> want to give a happy podcast? I mean, Chris is pissed off and AJ, AJ gives a happy go lucky podcast. Listen to happypod.com. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I mean, look, I, I have plenty of podcasts. Nobody wants to listen to my podcast. All right, come back with one it's in September. I, I have like a bunch. I, I've been listening to podcasts left and right, but you know what? Go, go check out Everybody Pulls the Tarp. Okay, how about that one? I know it's one I recommended so many times. Ben Zobrist was the, the the guest. It was a great episode. Okay. Ooh, Stephanie Scrocky just popped into the chat. And she said, this has been on my to-listen list. So I guess she's talking about um, Soul the Story. Soul the Story. So she's not talking about me. I watch her. She's talking yeah. about you. <laughs> cool. All right. So give us your thoughts. Uh, send us feedback. You can email us, feedback at podcastpd.com, or you can send us a voice message at podcastpd.com slash feedback. And uh, we will be back at the end of September with a new episode, and we will be live and in living color on 
Sunday, September 24th. Sounds like a good plan. <laughs> sure. I, as long as the Jets are on plane. I maybe. Oh, all right. I'll be here. I don't care about the Jets. I do. Uh, Rogers will be sidelined by then. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, oh, no. Man. That was painful. Ooh, oh, you know what? I, I will. Well, I'm going to share Stephanie's happy podcast recommendation. Um, there you go. And I listened to this as well, Stephanie. Uh, the podcast, and I've talked about it before as well, 20,000 Hertz. It's a podcast all about sound. And they did a two-part episode on the music of Zelda. So if you enjoyed Zelda, the Zelda games, anything like that, go check out 20,000 Hertz. It's a two-part episode on the music of Zelda. Very cool. Great do, share, do, Stephanie. Do, do, do. Thank you so much. Do, 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 do. I never played Zelda, but I know the music, so I, 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 I never it. played Zelda either, so I have no idea. So I might have to listen to it just to say <laughs> I never played Zelda. That was not one I got down with. Nice, nice. All the games I played were all sports related anyway. I didn't like those other adventure games, and I felt like it took too long. Well, here's what's not going to take long. We're going to say goodbye. So we will be back at the end of September. Thank you for listening and uh, share the show, all those good things, and we will see you at the end of September. Thanks for listening. September 24th. September 24th. See ya. Thank you for checking out this episode of Podcast PD. For links to everything that we discussed in this episode, you can visit the show notes at our website, podcastpd.com. To connect with the show on social media, we are at Podcast PD on Instagram and Twitter, and we share using the hashtag Podcast PD. To connect with AJ and myself, we are on Twitter at Mr. Nessie and at AJ Bianco. We would love to hear from you, so please go to podcastpd.com slash feedback and send us an email, send us a voice message, whatever you need to do. Also, if you enjoyed this podcast, make sure you share it with somebody that you think would get value from it. Word of mouth is the best way to share a podcast you enjoy, and we hope you enjoy Podcast PD. We appreciate you listening, we appreciate your sharing, and we love creating this podcast for you. We'll see you in the next episode. Take care.